And we are live with another edition of the Brownwater Banter Podcast. I am Jared Seymour. My name is Joey Cates. And we have a great show for you today. In the house, we have the French Herman Oyster People Company. Uh, They're going to talk to us today all about uh, growing, raising, farming oysters on the backside of Deer Island. So we are super pumped to have uh, have them in the studio today. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors, the people that help us keep the show going. Uh, Our OG sponsor has been with us for... For a very long time uh, now is uh, Southern Magnolia Smiles. We want to thank Dr. Robbie Williams and all of his friendly staff over there um, located in Ocean Springs right there on Washington Avenue. If you're looking for a great local dentist, please go check them out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, they are on all the social platforms at Southern Magnolia Smiles. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to go to their uh, website, that's southernmagnoliasmiles.com or hit them up on the landline at 228 228- 215-1202. You will not be disappointed. They're a Absolutely great group of not. people over there. Go check them out. Uh, our next sponsor has been with us for just a little bit here uh, this month, uh, Hill Tree Marketing. That's Jesse Hill. Uh, he's got a company for, uh, if you got a small business or any kind of personal needs where you would need website or graphic design done, social media management, IT services, videography, photography, and aerial cinematography, uh, which is they have a drone and they can capture some really killer drone footage. So uh, if that's something you want to add to your website or your social media stuff, go check them out at HilltreeMarketing.com. They're actually going to be redoing our website here uh, in the very near future. So we can't wait to roll that out and let everybody see it because our, our website right now looks it terrible. It needs a little help. Yeah, it looks it terrible. It definitely needs a little help. Uh, so not only are they a sponsor, but they're also uh, somebody that we're using as we're well. We're also a client. That's exactly. I was going to make the pun, <laughs> but I, I, I darted it past it. But uh, So uh, we're super happy to be working with them. And last but definitely uh, not least, we want to thank Trevor Reed uh, for, for sponsoring the show. He, is, uh, he wants to promote the Downtown Ocean Springs Crawfish Cook-Off, which is going to be May 29th this year. Downtown Ocean Springs, as like I said, it's their third annual. I went to the first one. I don't believe I made it to the second one, but I know it's a damn— We'll be at the third one. We'll be at the third one for sure. It's a damn good time. Um, it's, it's free crawfish. I think you pay an admission fee, but yeah. all the people cooking put out all their stuff. You get to try it out, and at the end of the day, they pick a winner. I don't know. Uh, beer and crawfish, you know, big shout-out to Jordan and Matthew. <laughs> that's the name of their apparel line, but uh, crawfish and beer, I should say. But that's it doesn't get any better than that, so— uh, uh, go check them out, man. Uh, so now that we got that uh, under our belt, let's uh, let's talk uh, all things oyster farming. So first, I want to thank y'all for being here today, Mr. Mike and Miss Anita. Is that correct? And y'all also told us that uh, today is your 25th wedding anniversary, right. and you came here and hung out with us. That's right. Uh, we are super pumped. Years. Yes, we are super Absolutely. pumped about that. So uh, thanks for being in here today. But um, so what we want to know is is like. Everybody that owns a boat and goes out on the water, if you go near Deer Island, which is one of our favorite places to go hang yes. out on the weekends, uh, you've probably seen on the south side there all the oyster reefs, right? When did that start and how did y'all get into it? Well, it started in 2018. Uh, Mississippi Department of Marine Resources is trying to uh, launch this as a new industry. So we have uh, the oysters that grow on the bottom, commercial oystermen. Uh, harvest these oysters and so what they're trying to do is um, uh, have an industry where we raise the oysters off bottom and a, there's a lot of benefits and we were in the first class right. so when you finish this class which teaches you about the biology of the oyster the techniques for uh, raising the oysters what you need to do to get a good product then you're qualified to lease an acre or two acres uh, in this area south of Deer Island. And so uh, 
we were one of the first uh, farmers. We like to call ourselves farmers. Yes, yeah. we were talking about yeah, that we, before We didn't that. know what the, t- the term was. Uh, well, on the East a- Coast, they call themselves growers. Okay. Farmer sounds but, cool uh, to me. Yeah. Farmer, uh, you compare yourself with uh, you know, uh, a dirt farmer, and uh, you know they have to uh, buy seed. We buy seed, but they have to uh, fertilize and uh, pray for rain. Yeah, and, and feed the <laughs> or plants. Or no rain. Right. Yeah. But the beauty of oysters is that they they eat uh, phytoplankton, which is there naturally. And the fact that it's phytoplankton is a higher concentration near the surface because it's getting its energy from the sun, then these oysters that we grow near the surface are growing faster. And we can uh, take some to market after uh, 10, 11 months Really? So, uh, whereas the the uh, the commercial oysters that grow on the bottom take about three years before they're a legal size of three inches. That's right. But wow, now, that good, w- was this was this a BP fund? Was this something that came off of BP when DMR started? This? It was, it was uh, funded by the Restoration Act. Money. Okay, yeah, and that's, that's what, how it got started. All right, and it, all the all the funds and all the I guess the leases and all that came through this grant as well, right? Well, but at least portions of it, the training, the setting up of the facility, the park south of Deer Island, and then getting everybody started. But, you know, the farmers have invested their own capital. So we're not okay. funded by the restoration funds any longer. Once we graduated from the class, we had to buy our own cages. We had to lease our own lease from the state. We had to buy our own baby oysters and, you know, have a boat. And so right. we, we go out there. And so we've got a sizable capital investment, but that was a great way to get us started and trained, you know, because you could go out there and spend uh, years making mistakes if you don't have a good solid foundation, which is what the DMR provided all the farmers with. We even thought, um, you know, we we got jobs in uh, marine construction and um, we heard about this program and said, but that's very interesting. I'd like to, I'd like to learn more about that, but I don't want to take one of the 20 spots that they have in a class away from somebody who might be a serious farmer. Cause I didn't really think, you know, I was going to be a serious farmer. We right. thought it would, but, might be a hobby. Yeah. An expensive hobby. It's, it's funny how hobbies <laughs> turn into yeah. real expensive stuff. Yeah. Is this your hobby? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Buy a boat. Go fishing. Yeah. Farm oysters. Do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So the, so the director over there of the program said, don't worry about that. We we got we haven't got 20 people signed up. You take the class. You don't have to feel committed to become uh, a farmer. But um, we were in a good position because of our other business. We had the boat. We had the people. Uh, and... So we were able to uh, learn this business and work it um, fairly easily without buying a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of yeah, stuff. We didn't have a bunch of it, right? Yeah, we have a new boat now, but we had the boat, the best boat, the Carolina Skiff, mm-hmm. for going out to right. work the farm because we had it for the contracting business. So our entry point, our dollars were lower. It was uh, not quite the reach. We still have a lot of uh, cages out there that we, mm-hmm. we have to clean the barnacles off. Yeah, for well, sure. I told you this was new to Mississippi, off-bottom oyster farming, but it's not new in the world. It's done in all kind of countries, uh, on the East Coast, and the West Coast, and Florida, Alabama. And uh, I think the, 
you know, we might be the last state in the Gulf to start. <laughs> we but, usually are, yeah, unfortunately. That's oh, a theme with us. DMR did a, did a great job of, uh, you know, putting together a team. We had professors from uh, University of South Alabama uh, that would uh, teach us. And uh, we had field trips, and we did hands-on when uh, they have a training area out there. So uh, it's um, it was very interesting to uh, to learn it, and uh, we dove right in. And I we, still thought it was going to be a hobby, you yeah. know, even even up until the point where we were starting to harvest some small oysters. Mike brought them home and. I tasted them and I said, these are the best oysters I've ever eaten. This is a hobby. It's a business. So. Yeah, I've well, heard they're delicious. They are delicious. And they're perfect size. They too. are the perfect size. Yeah. You know, they're not those big old slippery long oysters. These are all almost uniform, three inches long, two inches wide, an inch deep. Wow. Is there, did they talk to you about that in the class? I mean, is there been studies done that show that because they grow on top of the water that there is a difference in quality? I mean, is there... Some science behind that, other than just you tasting them and seeing them? Well, we're out there cleaning them and sorting them all the time. So okay. I think that's really where they get so nice and clean okay. and they look uniform. Right. We have a we have a process that we were taught, and that's, you know, to go out and defoul them, um, make sure they're nice and clean, that they're not getting a bunch of barnacles on them, um, that they don't pick up a lot of antifouling, and then they start to grow. We split them. Mike's team splits them and, uh, you know, puts them into bags with fewer oysters. And when you have a little tiny oyster you can put you know thousands and thousands of there in in one bag but when you have you know big market size oysters it's about 250 per bag Mm -hmm. that you could put in there and they grow and when when you got a bunch of them kind of packed up together you'd be surprised how fast they start to grow so you have to go out there and tend them which is what we do so so y'all had no prior experience with farming oysters whatsoever until you took this class. Is that correct? That's All right. Correct. We had zero. I mean, Mike had a tonguing license. Right. A, um, so you've been a, you're a little yeah. familiar with 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 uh, how to eat oysters. How to eat them. How to open them. How to eat them. Yeah, yeah. How to, how to uh, harvest them naturally, to tonguing them up. Right. And that's some back-breaking hard work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you take this class, and how long was the class? I don't know if you mentioned that, and I missed it or not. It, it was a Saturday, uh, maybe five Saturdays. Okay. Uh, and and then maybe um, a couple of tech programs where they had a speaker come in to talk about the cages that were available. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it, it wasn't real long. Um, but, um, and it didn't have to be because during the, um, after the first few sessions, we actually were given about 12,000, 12,500 oysters to raise ourselves and on the training area. Okay. So we better go out there and do our own work. They weren't going out there and handholding, you know, us, uh, 20 farmers to teach us. We had to go out and tumble our own oysters, right. split them and do the work. So. We were yeah. learning as we were attending the class. So it wasn't just a Saturday. There was work that was going on. Yeah, hands-on. Yeah. yeah. And these things start off as little bitty, tiny things, right? They're called seed, but they're just baby oysters that are about a quarter of an inch tall. And so. I have actually a picture of that that we got yeah. off of your Facebook mm-hmm. uh, page. I'll oh, flash I'll flash that on the screen. So I'm showing the one of you, uh, someone's hand, holding all the tiny uh, seeds, yeah. as you call them. Yeah, seed. We, when we buy them. You, we buy them as R6. Okay. And that has to do with the size. It could be retained by a six millimeter mesh. Okay. Bag. Okay. So we have some bags that are four and a half millimeters, and that's what we start them out in. 
But um, does that look like a crawfish bag or a burlap sack? What does that? It's look a like? rectangular. Um, I think you'll see a picture of that. Oh, and Anita's pulling it out of the cage. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to that photo, okay. though, let's. Uh, I want to show the the. I think it's. So how long are they in that seedling stage? Um, sure. As soon as, as soon as we put them in the water, um, they start to grow. Okay. And uh, typically, we put the bag uh, held vertically about twenty five percent full, and then when we get the bag, the cage horizontal, we spread them out so they have room to grow. We pick them out two weeks later. And now it's not 25% full, it's 50% full. Okay. Wow. So we dump them out and we go back to 25% full. This is uh, one of the farming tasks of splitting them, giving them room to grow. Okay. Yeah. And when you handle them, you, you kind of scrub them a little bit. So And, and the, you make sure all the little critters that are in there aren't growing along with them. Like they get a lot of blue clark blue crabs yeah. that float in yeah. a lot of stone a lot of stone crabs you wouldn't yeah. know yeah. didn't know we had such a stone crab population here on mm-hmm. the coast okay but. so off bottom says we're going to keep these oysters away from some of the predators that devastate the reefs like the conch mm-hmm. it's an oyster drill can't swim but we found them in our bags with the oysters they said how can that be he said well they spawn yeah they're in the larva stage they hatch out in some environment that that is good for them, and so they it hatched out, the hatched out in those bags. Wow, those things are so productive. How does that happen? Yeah, you know, nature, crabs. Yeah, nature fish, finds a way to get you, yeah, to get sure. what it wants. Yep. Yeah. So here I'm going to show you the other the the I'm assuming this is like one stage up, right? They're a little bit bigger here. Yeah. Um. So this kind of just shows the progression of uh at least the picture of the oyster here at the bottom. There's a, looks like two uh. This may this photo may be from something else, but we're going to focus. Yeah, here that's on the, the oyster bags itself. right there. Yeah, no, I'm talking about up here. But um, so it's a bigger stage of the oyster, uh, as you're describing. They continue to grow, um, and then you have them. And this is the cage you were describing. I'll flash that picture here now. Uh, this is the. It's like a black kind of uh, mesh. Right. Uh, Almost looks like a vertical crab trap. Correct. Yeah. Just yeah. Smashed yeah, down. Yeah. Right. It's With not pontoons, as... it's got big plastic yes. black pontoons on there. Yep, and this is you pulling up the uh, the 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 cage here. Yeah. It's about I would say almost twenty five percent full here. Right. What would this be? You cleaning them at this point, or that's, are we just assessing the size? That's a bag that's in the cage, and the cage will hold six of those bags. Okay. So uh, we may have been harvesting, but um, typically you pull them out, dump them out, uh, you know, and uh, put them back in clean bags correct so the marine fouling is unbelievable i mean the algae and the barnacles the barnacles are spawning and they setting and and they just little barnacles all over everything right so uh by uh putting these oysters in a clean bag we get them away from those barnacles and so that's another task is uh you know to keep them clean Right. There'll be barnacles that attach to the oysters themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we use a tumbler about twice, uh, once every two months when the oyster gets a little bigger, we put it, uh, put the oyster through a tumbler and it breaks the little barnacles off. Yeah, I've actually seen that. It almost looks like a concrete yeah. mixer. Yeah. We just it's, throw them in there. It's an aluminum tube with holes in it, and then you it breaks those bills, too, at the same time. So what we're looking for, what the chefs want, 
is a flat top oyster Mm -hmm. and then a deep cup. And then you take the top off when you shuck the oyster and it's in its own little dish. And that's what they want. A perfect oyster for y'all, I guess, is a single no cluster, oh, yeah, no. three-inch fat butterball <laughs> oyster, right? Yeah, the doubles yeah. we eat. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we get a double. What you do in in spawns, you end up with, you know, oysters that are stuck together. Um, we eat those ourselves. We sell the good which ones. Is, which is a good problem they to have, right? They taste delicious, right. too. So. There's another interesting thing about buying these seed from a hatchery. They, the science is way advanced to what it used to be, and... uh so they can actually, um, what you buy is a triploid. It's a, uh, it's been manipulated so that this oyster is not going to spawn. It it grows. It puts all its energy into, into growing. growing and tasting good. So uh, Really? That's an oyster that I like. Yeah, that, it, it gave one for yeah, the team. Yeah. So in, yeah, in nature. Not going to have any babies. So in Just going to focus on me. Oysters spawn when the water gets warm like right. 80 degrees and when they spawn the meat quality is diminished you know the old saying you don't eat oysters in the summer months correct well that's one of the reasons because they have yeah, they're spawned. yeah, yeah. they spawned out so these triploids give us opportunity to harvest year round okay and they stay with so the same fat. meat quality they just like you know they fill up every little crevice of the shell they're just fat yeah yeah, that's a that's a real good thing to have more uh, availability, more times that you can harvest these things. Is there a season when it comes to farming as far as your when you're allowed to harvest? Are you is this a year round operation if you can if this, you can put in the work? How does that work? This area south of Deer Island is is called five A approved. And every other area that you take oysters from is usually conditionally approved. So they monitor the water. The Pearl River is in a flood stage. They they close the reefs. Right. But Deer Island area has got a long history of high-quality water, and it's always open, save Except a today. catastrophic event. <laughs> but like, like the, the uh, salinity, tide, salinity gets y'all, right? Yeah. you got to have the salinity up. The more That's rain right. we have, right. the worse it is. We just yeah. Well, the it. oysters can tolerate low salinity. As a matter of fact, the food that they get, the, the nutrients that feed the phytoplankton, that feed the oysters, is associated with fresh water. You have to have fresh water for them to ha- have the food. But we eat them. Everybody likes to eat them raw yeah. and they're a little salty. Right. Yeah. So uh, we typically um, watch the salinity and know that anything uh, 12 parts and over, when yeah. full marine is 35, uh, the Mississippi Sound, you know, is a big mixing bowl mm-hmm. of the fresh water and the salt water. And... Uh, but um, the Bonnie Carrot Spillway that killed oysters, the salinity got to zero for about a week, and the oysters can't take that. So, uh, so that affected y'all as well. Yep. That was that far up. It killed. Yeah. It didn't, killed all of our crop of oysters. Didn't y'all? Didn't they move some of those oysters though? Weren't some of them transplanted to Mobile? If so I read we, right, we had some seed. We had a lot of a lot of the farmers had seed, and um, we were able. They didn't die right away. Um, we were able to take that seed and move it over to Bayou La Battery. Okay. They had cages that were already in the water that we could just pop yeah. our bags into. So. We went over to Bayou La Battery until the water got right and worked them. You know, that's how so we did it. So it was because the seeds were small and it was practical to take the whole bunch, you know, right. in one trip. The older oysters, you just can't 
carry that many that yeah. far. And so. they're heavy. They, they start just, to get really heavy, you know, 250 ways. It's about as much as I can lift and, and get more than that, and I'm out. So they, <laughs> they just got sacrificed, and you brought the young ones over to buy you a little battery right. and start right. back That's over. Right. I guess the Bonnie Carey and Hurricanes are pretty much y'all's worst enemy, right? Hurricanes uh, take the cages, you know, and if you don't do something with them, it'll break them loose. This uh, hurricane we had in October Zeta. called Zeta, I found four of my cages on Front Beach Ocean Springs. Wow. I have names on them. I got phone calls. I went and got them. Oysters were okay. We brought them back and put them back on there. But the route that they had to take meant they went across Deer Island. So, you know, that storm Water was... Water was pretty high. That yeah. storm was late in the season, and we was just tired of uh, the precautions that we took, and we didn't. We left them on the surface, and uh, as a and result... And it turned. You know, the storm... Yeah. turned and, and kind of came right. in when we weren't expecting it so mike and his team had uh, sunk those cages already twice and brought them back up this year yeah. this past year so this was would have been the third time and so looking at the prediction you know we're all a we're a community of farmers we all right. farm so close together that when i'm in one boat and another farmer's in another boat you can say hi you know right. and and so we all are texting each other saying what are you going to do you're going to seek your cages you're going to leave them and so it's kind of a group brain gets together yeah. and has that conversation. The uh, cages, which we use, are uh, oyster grow uh, cages, and they hold six bags, but they have two floats on them, and they have screw caps on both ends. So it's and it's by design. You could take the cap off and sink the, the fill it up with water and let the cage go to the bottom. Okay. But and uh, theoretically, it's safer down there. Correct. Uh, so we the, want the pontoons down and so, the oysters on top of that. Uh, and so the risk is if, uh, you know, have turbulence, when the storm comes, it might turn the cage over anyway. bury it, yeah. And so then the oysters are in the sediment, and they can't stay that way very long. Okay. Oh, I've got a picture that of that, that young gentleman standing on top of the two pontoons oh, here. Yeah. He that's, works for y'all, right? That's Mikey Barlow, yeah. Mikey Barlow. Okay. He's yeah, fabulous. so you can see this is what they're describing, and for the people listening on, on the audio podcast, it's pretty much two pontoons floating on top of um, a device that can hold six of the of the smaller cages that you're talking about. And these six cages, if you had me describe it, like Joey said, it looks like a crab trap. You just smush down real flat. It's not as wide. So it's a lot longer than it is deep, right? And yeah. that's what holds these oysters in. Right. Uh, and so y'all can sink these in a time of need. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, um, I forgot what I was going to say, though, about the... Oh, uh, he was going to talk about how Mikey Barlow has such agility that he can climb up <laughs> on the cage. <laughs> that he can do that without falling. <laughs> Look, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Ski, yeah. deer island. Good. Yeah. Um, no, what I was actually going to say was, um, how are y'all to max capacity out there with the amount of... No. Uh, like, no. So there's no. room for more people if you're... There's, we, we lost some farmers after Zeta. You know, we got farmers that just lost everything, and so they're not coming back. Um, okay. And then we're selling more oysters, and, and, you know, it's not just Mike and I. That's the cool thing about this. Uh, Mike and I started this. We're in the autumn of our years, I suppose, and this is a young man's sport, uh, certainly. Yes. A, a lot of it, raising oysters, it's back-breaking work. And so we partnered with a lot of other farmers out there, and we do the marketing, and then uh, we share so orders. Smart. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so if Mike's out there working on a construction project and one of the other farmers can harvest then they harvest that day and so I, we split up all the orders but what's cool about it is you don't 
ever. I mean, it helps our chefs and our restaurants have a steady supply. You know, that supply chain works. But otherwise, you have a farmer that's got boat troubles or something else. Yeah, and, you always. Know, you, would, yeah. you would not be able to make it work in our minds successfully without having this kind of collective of farmers. Right. So no. a little more info on that side of it. So I'm assuming, do you, ha- you have oysters in each stage of a development or do you start? You do. You do. Okay, yeah. so, so how does that work on the, on the demand end? So if I'm a chef here... I'm assuming y'all sell to as much local as you can, right? Or is it we, all local right now? We don't sell very much local. Um, really? and, okay. and the reason is, is there are farmers who do sell locally. So rather than sell a bunch in this market and compete and drive the price point down, okay. what we do is we work with some distributors that take them out of the area. So we have a lot of our oysters go to New Orleans for distribution. They go up, um, you know, up to... Tennessee um, and Memphis and they right. go over to Atlanta and Birmingham and that's the bulk of your business yeah that's the bulk of our business and okay. and um that's what you know that's what our farmers like too so if, if we wanted your product here locally could yeah. we get it can yeah. we buy direct from you yeah you, you, you better to buy from quality so we work with quality okay. seafood okay. they okay. keep them every week that we can harvest and then um White Pillars always carries them. We worked with Chef Austin Summer all over there. To I heard kinda, so many good things about White Pillars and that chef specifically. Pillars. we got to get him in here. Well, IP carries them. The Thorny Oyster over in Bay St. Louis usually has them every week. Okay. Um, um, Alex Perry over in Ocean Springs. So we keep a, a few right. uh, that we work with, and, and they do such a wonderful job of putting out the name, you know, French Hermit. So we really like working with them, but we don't want to – trample on everybody else's business that's trying to sell oysters and not not be part of french hermit they still need some market so well speaking of the name there's a funny story behind that right because if you're from here and you we know, don't have to explain it yeah, yeah you're right, right here you don't know how to explain it but if you're if you know where deer island is and you're from biloxi there was a hermit that lived out there correct that was a hermit of deer island and he was on a postcard you probably got a picture of him there yeah i'm gonna pull that up while yeah. you're talking go ahead i uh, i had to grow a beard and uh, took a picture, my picture. You kind of look like you've been growing a beard. Yeah, yeah, so we got, like we got his beard. photo up here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it down. And we, you're yeah. getting there. You're a little more manicured. Yeah, than you I know that's what I was thinking. So the hermit, Mike's a little cleaned up. Yeah, the hermit of Deer Island lived before my time. Really, I didn't never know him, but I, I know some guys that did, and uh, he lived on Deer Island, and he raised oysters. He had a, a reef, and he coveted these this reef and. I remember my uncle Dennis telling me one time we're gonna go coon some oysters over here, but we gotta be careful at the the hermit's reef and he catches us, he might shoot at us. Yeah. Oh wow. So uh he wasn't playing. So that's where we got the name for our, our oysters and so our family was having a brainstorming session. What are we gonna call oh, ourselves? Was... We're gonna call ourselves and we run through a bunch of names and then all at once Mike was telling the story about French Hermit and we go, That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Eureka. Yeah. We'll take it. So I'm going to put up the other photo here of the finished product. This is you holding up the oyster so people can see uh, what it looks like. And you described it well. Perfect shape, perfect size. It looks beautiful. And you described uh, before we went live here the photo. You were using some sun, some some skin. Uh, what what yeah, was it? Derma- Tell us what My uh, dermatologist had prescribed a, a cream that you use twice a day for two weeks. And she says, you're going to hate me for this. But it takes care of those things that might become cancer. Right. right. And it does it by burning a layer of skin off, I guess. Yeah. And so that's like 
a sunburn, you know, yeah. uh, I was so, really. So you're actually taking care of your skin in that yeah. photo. Yeah, so it, right. it may yeah. look otherwise. So wear you your sunscreen. That's right. Because that just goes <laughs> to show and proves our point. Like we mentioned earlier, I mean, oyster, the traditional way, and, and I'm assuming what y'all are doing as well, is not easy work. It's mm -mm. it's backbreaking work. It's hard work. And you're in the sun when and, you do it. And you're in the rain some days. You're in the sun some days. You're in the wave some days. I mean, Mike's looking at me because he knows I don't get out there as often as he does. Right. He does all the heavy lifting. Yeah, I want to say this about Anita. Her strength is in marketing. She's got she's been working in marketing and she has taken this built this brand and worked with the distributors and and they go to five different states, you know. Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, that's why seven. she's, that's that's why why she's the marketing. That's why marketing right there. So we have uh ramped up our production our orders to almost six thousand a week and uh we sell them about a piece which we harvest in a hundred count sacks oh and i, and I got that right here boom yeah. i'm gonna put that on count sacks. i love your logo it looks amazing yeah it's awesome uh those as a matter of fact i'm wishing we had a couple sacks of those in here right now i know me too start tearing into <laughs> them so. i have chefs right now texting me saying when are you i'm not gonna get that those oysters when you get open it back up again and that, yeah. that was the thing i was going to ask earlier too so even though you do out of state and you mentioned all the local businesses so please go check those people uh check them out uh to get the product if you want to taste it yourself but the out-of-town people do they contact you directly i mean it's just no. A simple, no now i interface with our chefs through social media and so what happens is our chefs will order through a distributor okay um and we use inland and evans and they all go through quality. So they'll contact, Evans will say, here's my list of oysters. And the chefs will order them. And then I will text into the chefs or the chefs or post something. And the chefs will post back. So normally every week when we're shipping oysters, I put a list of where you can find oysters. So my distributors will tell me where they sold, you know, who bought my oysters, who bought our French hermit oysters. And then we'll put that out to the public so that they can go to those places and enjoy French hermit oysters. That's super cool. And then, and then quality puts them on a truck and send them. Quality they go. is fabulous. Yeah. I mean, they're just such great partners and they sell oysters locally. We appreciate that. And they carry them in the front of house for us too. So you can go yeah. in there and get them. How so many, wait, how many awesome. oysters did you say y'all are getting rid of a week, selling a week here? 6,000 is um, what the French hermit orders have gotten to now. I can't go harvest that many. So this is where these other farmers, we've formed a collective. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. And we've reached out, and uh, Anita communicates the orders, and they are eager to participate because they tell me, I don't want to peddle oysters. Right. I want right. to grow them. I want to grow them. Right. And, I, and everybody does this. They say, oh, I want to buy a sack of oysters. I got a list of 10 people that want a sack, and I got them for them, and I'm coming in. I have to get rid of them at the ramp. But, oh, I can't make it there right now. Uh, yeah, they yeah. Just Five people don't show yeah. up. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they, it's harder selling to individuals right. for sure. But but um, they are good. And then 6,000, like Mike said, it's just the beginning. I mean, so we haven't really had a lot of history to see what the possibilities are because we're always strapped either by a storm or COVID right. or Bonnie Carey Spillway. So um, this is just you got to be tip tough of, down yeah. here, right? Oh yeah, yeah you the, do. The whole, this whole region is like yeah, you get knocked around pretty but good. You get back yeah. up. That's you right. Get back yep. up. That's all right. Yep. We used to be the uh, seafood capital of the world, right? Well, not too long ago, the 50s, 60s, something like that. Well, we we held that yeah. title, yeah. So it's good to see that mm -hmm. this, you know, this specific industry is uh, taking some new science and a new approach to uh, 
to some old tricks, right? That's right. It really is. Yeah. What's the plan uh, for y'all moving forward? What's the, what's your eye? What's the prize? My eye is, is be shipping as much as our competitor. Okay. Don't say any <laughs> so names. I got them in my sights. Okay. Okay. I like it. You're fierce. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, so to overtake them and keep doing what you're doing, put That's out the right. product that you're putting out. Um, y'all sell merchandise too, as well, don't you? We do. We shirts? sell and we sell some shirts. Our um, marketing branding company of in Memphis created some T-shirts for us, and so we sell those. And it's it's funny we uh, we'll be out in public. Mike and I were doing a presentation in Ocean Springs uh, during the Garden Festival, and we're talking about oysters and French hermit. And this guy out of the blue just walks up passes us and he's wearing that blue french hermit t-shirt yeah, you know it's cool, like, isn't it? hey dude yeah you wearing my stuff you, you got there yeah. you are yeah um that's do, awesome is there is there anything that we, that we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about anything that we're that we didn't bring wanted up to. a topic or anything yeah. about you wanted to do it. absolutely until i figured yeah. out how much work it was <laughs> <laughs> yep. actually that was one more question about how many times a week do you have to actually physically get out there with those oysters uh i could go one time a week with the size farm that we have, we're, we're not a very big farm. And, um, the more oysters you have out there, the more, work, the more sure. visits you need to make. Right. So you could spend, uh, every day out there. Like we have one of our farmers that has ordered 3 million seed. Ooh, wow. So, um, Good that's, that's going to huh? be a lot of oysters. Wow. That's yeah. right. What do you have a guesstimation, or you might know the precise number of how many farmers are out there right now currently? Um, Mike might have the best idea. There's probably um, maybe seven still active. Okay, yeah, out of twenty. Um, wow. So you had some that never really got going, you know, right? Because it's it's hard work, and then the bonnie carry spillway, so you have to bounce back after that. So. But this storm, uh, you know, we have a class that the DMR was teaching, and had oysters in the training area. Well, uh, the storm tore up the cages and so they had to do a lot of work to get that back together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um they do have some new farmers that are just wrapping up that class and are about to come into their leases so they'll be leasing and setting up buying their uh, equipment starting their seed and so we, you know we're recruiting in, in essence we right because that's, that's going to help y'all out in the yeah, long run that's well, right well what we plan to do is uh you know be farmers raise oysters, buy the seed, raise them to market size, and sell them. Uh, some of the others are wanting to integrate, vertically integrate. She's saying, I'm going to open up a nursery, or I'm going to have an upweller where he buys the, the little, uh, little tiny oysters and raises them for a time and then sells them to the farmers as seed. Okay, okay, yeah. So, which might be a good um, you know, business because we pay work, uh, yeah. two and a half cents a piece and for these little baby oysters and uh we really don't have anybody in mississippi that supplying seed we have to buy them from alabama and mm -hmm. uh so Louisiana. the need for seed is always a concern you know you can't, right. can't grow right an oyster what, what farm else? if you right. can't get the seed so if you got all the seeds that's right. You, you right. kind of control the market there a little bit, right? That's right. That's and you, it. Mike was talking about how long it takes to grow them. And it's funny because you'll get a batch of seed and you'll have, we call them runts and racehorses. You have racehorses, which are ready for the market first. So they're like, they're outpacing everything in the sack. And then we have runts, which never get very big for some reason. They always stay kind of undersized. And it could mm -hmm. be 
you know, 16 months old and they're still too little yeah. to sell. So yeah. we eat them too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Good, right, good, so a good uh, problem to have. Like, we what said was earlier. the legal size for an oyster? To uh, harvest? Three inch. Three inch. It but, was. It was. But in this business, there's no size limit. Yeah, because it's yours, right? You raised right. it. Well, it's because in uh, the other business, they want those oysters to reach maturity and spawn. And they know they don't do that until they're three inches. So since we're raising oysters that are not going to spawn. Gotcha. And it's not going to happen no matter we what. we bought them. That's right. right. Then, so they say there's no size limit. What's going to regulate the size? Who wants the to buy? The right? chef. Who yeah, wants to buy? The, the market. market. Yeah. The market. And, Absolutely. And they talk about, uh, you know, a size three, two, one. That's three inches long, two inches wide, and one inch high. Mm -hmm. This is a buzzword for the market size. Okay. Three, two, one. I like that. And uh, but That's they, a perfect oyster. They have some that grow faster than others. So this tumbler that we put them in, not only for breaking the bills and cleaning them, we have holes that are uh, two inches. And so when the oyster passes all the way through this drum, mm -hmm. those are the babies that are ready to sell. So, ah. and it gives you a uniform batch. Right. And that's important, you know, to supply that customer with. Right. So your 100-count sack, every one of them is going to be three inches, and every one yeah. going to be two inches, depending on how you sell it. Right. They look like they came from the same mom and daddy. Right. Just cookie cutter <laughs> cut out right. of uh, are the uh, are the people who are not farming these the people that are just doing it the old school way are they supportive have they felt like this is well not unfair i think we're, competition, we're all like in the it? same boat in some way in some respects or another so a lot of that um off um, on bottom farming takes place in louisiana uh -huh. and you know the bonnie carey sp uh, spillway affected yeah. them terribly too That's so right. You know, where at least we could move some of our uh, inventory, they all of theirs is sitting down there on the bottom. So we ha we commiserate over the same things. We have same water quality issues. We all face hurricanes. Okay. So in that respect, we're all one one family. Yeah, I think the DMR kind of intended for this new program to be offered and for some of the commercial oystermen to take part in it. Take part in it. Um, Has that happened to your knowledge? I, I have seen some come and go but um i think it's a different kind of people that do this oyster farm you might have couples like ourselves yeah or, right yeah we've got uh, several couples that lawyers work together. And well, doctors you got, and you got the muscle and the brain <laughs> for, sure. Yeah, for sure you definitely have to, i know this is pretty brainy over yeah, here <laughs> you have to have people with uh, a little extra money to you know yeah. invest in this yeah but it's a, such a, a romance about it everybody that does it they just just love you know, that they're raising these things that are so sought after. That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it's definitely a popular item down here for sure. And yeah. I know surrounding regions and uh, we've talked about it before. I love to see our culture move out through neighboring states and stuff, but I always get a little worried that mm, uh, bring it back. You know, well, that, that, you know, the demand gets so high and then it gets harder and harder for the local people to get right. it. So well, it should be a good thing for y'all. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, we'll always work with our select group of chefs that are, you know, just, we have this special relationship with. So now here's an interesting thing that, um, you know, we know that uh, our customer, the chefs, end users they they want a certain size oyster mm -hmm. and there are some that would be too big if you happen yeah. to uh, something got away from you these uh we didn't we didn't harvest and we got a batch that are too big the racehorses took you on. know yeah. the, Biloxi, the Biloxi people say 
what, what do you mean too big? Yeah, that's the thing. We'll take them. <laughs> and so I, I sell some to the locals. I say, I'm going to give you a good deal on these. Yeah. Um, see, these these are kind of too big. He said, not for me. They're not too big. Yeah. Put on and, a cracker uh, and some hot sauce. So, but these good. are these are kind of our rejects, and I sell them to my friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, now now I'm envisioning like a, uh, a oyster festival where we see who can get the biggest one growing from there. I think, I think thing, we've you know? got some yeah. of those right yeah. now. So we yeah. delivered some to Chef Austin in the sack and said, can you do anything with these? Because we've got away. And he's like, well, these are too big. <laughs> yeah. All, all the local guys, guys that like them big are guys. Right. All, all the girls that eat orchards. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, that, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll try one of them. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The bigger ones usually don't taste quite as quite as good as those perfect size ones. They like make perfect ones. roasting oysters. Yeah, so they yeah, because they're going to really shrink good. up. Right? Yeah, no, they don't. They don't shrink much, but they do get some smaller. Yeah. yeah. Well, Charb, roll them. We, uh, where can we send people that have uh, that are tuned in right now and they're listening to us on the podcast? Where can they go if they want to check you out? Is Facebook the best place? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then our website, FrenchHermit.co. And then anytime you want to get your hand on some oysters so that you can open them, go to Quality. Perfect. And, right and down there in Biloxi, them. downtown. Right. Yep. Yep. Talk go to Jim Gunkel and all those folks, all those wonderful folks over there at Quality. Yeah. They take good care of you when you walk in. Yeah, they have a lot of good product yeah. over there, too. Yeah, they do. So. And your merch, your merch is on your website? Is it, it is. anywhere local? Uh, nope, just okay. on the website. Just on the website, okay. Yeah. So can order. barely keep up with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet. So, uh, Speaking of merchandise, huh? I see some shirts. I hope you got one my size. I mean, yeah, check it out. We might, we might yeah. make some. I wanted to put on yeah. a black one so I would just like disappear, you know. That's yeah. what I did. Oh, did you? Did. Yeah. Yeah. Just a talking head. Right. But uh, again, we want to thank you all so much for uh, for stopping by here today and uh, hanging out with us on your 25th anniversary. So congratulations on that again. Yes. Um, people, go check them out, man. Go try the product. Let us know what you think. Drop us some comments below. Uh, it's such a great thing to have here locally, and we appreciate what y'all are doing. So thank you, thanks yeah. for having us. We had a great time. Uh, Hope absolutely. you all have a good anniversary. Good day. anniversary, yeah. off to a good start. There, there we go. go. There all we right. go. All right. So thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will see y'all on the next one. See you later. Bye bye. Thanks so much for checking out the episode. Hope you dug it. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you're following us on all the social platforms. That's at BrownWaterB, all one word. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, you name it, we're there. Be sure to check us out. And uh, if you're really enjoying the show and you want to be a supporter, man, jump over to BrownWaterBanter.com. We have all kind of merch for sale. We have our uh, leather patch uh, Richardson 112 snapback hats. We've got T-shirts, dry fit hoodies, dry fit short sleeve, dry fit long sleeves, uh, cotton t-shirts so whatever you were looking for we got you covered there once again thanks so much for checking us out and uh, we'll see you on the next one brown water banter